Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Welcome to episode 283 of Geek Town Radio. I'm back this week with... Gray! How are you Hello. doing? How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you for having me back on, Day. You're very, very welcome. It's nice to have you back on. So, uh, it's been a few weeks. What have you been watching? Well, I've been trying to balance my month a little bit and trying to watch new films and trying <laughs> to watch lots of TV. Um, and I'm here for a big discussion today about one of my favourite programmes of the year so far, and we're only on February. So, yes. um, let's talk about some films. So, I decided to start looking for some uh, sort of newer release films to try and see what's out there in the current mode of all the films going straight to streaming or Netflix-based films. Two I watched this month would be Like a Boss and Stage Mother. Out of the two, Stage Mother was probably the better one. Like a Boss is sort of like a female-led rom-com, but there's actually no rom, so it's all like a female-led comedy. It's about girl pals who own a business and then they sell themselves to a bigger sort of business to try right. and you sort of make themselves a bit further. It wasn't funny. Tiffany Haddish, she's the best name in it, in my opinion, in terms of humour. But I just, I got lost. It's one of those films where I was watching it and then found myself on my phone and then found myself looking uh, through a magazine and then I was like, okay, this, this it's not good. But, you know, I persevered. I'm strong in that sense. Uh, Stage Mother, a lot more compelling. Um, it tells the story of a mother who loses her son and her son owns a drag bar in uh, San Francisco. Right. Um, and they sort of, um, it happens in the beginning, it's not a spoiler so he dies like in the opening act and they had sort of repelled him from the family because of his choices and she goes down and it's a really lovely film it's not gonna take home any awards it's got Jackie Weaver in it um, and Lucy Liu it's just lovely and sweet and she basically starts affecting all the lives of the people that were around her son Mm. and they all dislike her for disowning him and said that he was lost without her but she sort of like tries to bring their better sides out of them and I tell you what Lucy Liu comes across really well completely different way of seeing her we've seen her for the last nine ten years in elementary in a very straightforward role and this sees her in a very different light um, mm. so out of those two films I watched Stage Mother I watched a few other ones uh, from way back but I, I thought I'd focus on those two cool. um, for TV finished lots of series that were sort of on my backlog and also started in January I finished Staged 2 finished that in a day uh, absolutely <laughs> yeah. loved it I, it was brilliant Yeah, I mean you know I always worry there's different Difficult second season 
Yeah. But they did so well with it. Like the whole concept, some of those names that came in, I genuinely found the Phoebe Waller-Bridge and Kate Blanchett episode so (laughs) funny. Just with the whole, um, lovely to meet you again. I I don't know. And it was just the whole idea of that. And you always, you know, absolutely loved that. History of swear words. It was okay. They used Nicolas Cage. He probably spent an hour filming the bits he was Yeah, probably. I I mean, I rather liked that series. I quite enjoyed it because it is genuinely quite informative and interesting. And Nicolas Cage is the perfect person to kind of draw an audience into it. But there is a lot of discussion with people that do analyse the etymology of swear words. And so it works really well. And it's quite interesting to know where these things come from and why, you know, this particular word is seen as a swear word and other things might not be. I, I really quite enjoyed that show. It is quite interesting. Nicolas Cage is just kind of fun just tying the bits together you know yeah, yeah. It's good. I'd love to see if they go on to another season because there, there's loads they could do with that about swears in different cultures and I, I think it would be yeah. weird if they go on to like body movements or, or the way you can swear without realising you're doing it if they do that's mm. been great but I'm not sure if it was just a one off absolutely loved it binged it in about a weekend mm. um, I also caught Moonbase 8 probably a late release in December I'm imagining Dave I'm not yes, sure yes it was yeah, yeah um, it was all right. Uh, I wasn't laugh out loud. It wasn't. No, I didn't. I just liked it until I saw it on this list. I'd kind of forgotten. I hadn't watched the rest of it. Uh, I'd actually recorded it and my skybox died and I had to get a new one. And it was one of those that I forgot to put back on. And it wasn't until I saw this. I thought, oh, yeah, I didn't watch that. Do I want to watch the rest of it? I mean, it's still kicking around, I think, on streaming. So, uh, you know, I could go and catch up with it. But yeah, I know what you mean. It was okay. I have a feeling it should have been kind of better given the cast that were involved yeah. so. I just I kept having comparisons to like Avenue 5 and mm. like Space Force and like all these things about space and the humorous 30 minute or 25 minute episodes and you know it was it was harmless in my mind but I, I wouldn't be writing home about it yeah. uh, one thing I would be writing home about there's the next one BBC iPlayer's Industry obviously released last autumn finally finished it in January what an amazing episode it was such good drama really harsh look at like investment banking and finance in london and these grads that are trying to get into proper jobs and ah, oh, it was so good and again i just don't know where bbc are getting their acquisitions from the moment because i absolutely love that whoever commissioned that really good i'd recommend that it probably would have been a 2020 recommendation now but i'm a little bit late to the party yeah i watched the first episode of it and and then thought oh this was interesting and haven't gone back to it yet and i do need to go back to it it was a co-production with BBC and HBO, I seem to remember. It's a Bad Wolf production as yeah, well. Fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Finally finished For Life. And then I got myself all confused on, on IMDb and realised that the second season was already airing because I was like, I started reading like the, the some of the synopsis. So that was the Sky Witness drama. And I struggled with it a little bit and seeing where they could go with it. And now I've seen the final episode. I am quite excited for season two and how about they develop his character a little bit further. So really really good i know we spoke about that way back in autumn but finally- yeah i am enjoying that there was one episode that kind of drowned it to a halt for me which was there is an episode where they go back in time and show him being arrested it's about four or five episodes in and i really trudges that episode and takes you completely out it's sort of a bottle thing that takes you out of the main story and it i kind of stopped watching a bit and it took me forever to get through that episode and then it picks up again for some reason i really struggled with that episode particularly mm. i'm still watching through the first season
season. It's one of those ones that I'm going back to every so often. But uh, yeah, it's it's good. I'm enjoying that show. Fab. And then I finished literally two days ago, I finished the second season of Back, which is the David Mitchell and Robert Webb sitcom that was dropped on Channel yes. 4. I liked it. Episodes one and two, I couldn't get into. But by the time we sort of hit episode three or four and I could get a spin of where all these sub storylines were going, mm. I sort of enjoyed it a little bit more. I think it had been such a long time since season one. Maybe that was yeah. it. And then I started thinking, should I go and watch season one and then lead into season two? But yeah, by the time I got to season four, five and six, really enjoyed them. Like where they're going with that. Not sure if it'd be commissioned for a third season. Got, you know, got a great ensemble cast and uh, just a, a nice little sitcom that um, Channel 4 dropped. Yes. Um, so that's another thing I finished. But obviously, Dave, the big discussion I want to talk about today is I have completed It's a Sin, the Russell T. Davis drama on Channel 4. I know you mentioned it last week, but I finished all five in a weekend and it's had such a profound impact on me. And yeah. um, I just want to say, have, have you finished it as we speak now? Yes, I have finished it. We are going to talk about It's a Sin. There are going to be spoilers in this section. It's going to be about 10 minutes, 30 seconds long. So if you want to skip past the spoilers about It's a Sin, jump forward about 10 minutes and 30 seconds. I'm just going to put a spoiler warning out because we are going to put spoilers in this. Yes, warning. Spoilers. 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 What spoilers? So there may be spoilers in this bit. Just be warned if you're not finished watching It's a Sin and skip forward a little bit. But we are going to talk about it now. So thoughts? (laughs) I love the drama. I love the performances. Mm -hmm. But I've never actually been this emotionally affected by a show since. And this is my quote since the episode of ER back in the sort of early noughties when Dr. Green died. Um, This has such a profound effect on me because the story they were telling sort of I I couldn't directly relate. To. I didn't grow up in that time. I was born in 1983. So I grew up in the 90s as a young person and sort of understanding what was going on in the world. But by the time we get to like episodes four and five, where it's closer to that period of time where I have that awareness and I have the awareness of the media and the what they put out it started having a real profound effect on me. The way Russell T. Davis has told this story is just so beautifully put together. It has such a lovely mix of characters. He has cast them amazingly. Mm. I mean, you cannot fault his casting, um, even down to Keely Hawes as the mum. I mean, in episode four and five, you dislike her so much, but you love her so much for the character she is portraying in terms of her acting credentials. For a show to spin in Neil Patrick, Patrick Harris, Stephen Fry, Tracy Ann Oberman, all these brilliant names, and they're not the names. The names are these mm. five stunning young actors who all have their beautiful sort of woven storylines that tell different angles and views from this whole epidemic. And I was just blown away. I was hooked. And as much as I would have loved to watch that weekly, I couldn't. It just drove me onto the next episode, onto the next episode. And then by the time I watched episode five, it really brought something home in me. And I don't know what happened. And I was a bawling wreck. Mm. Um, And the big thing for me and the huge element of the final episode was how Russell T. Davis portrayed the sense of shame and the shame that these men felt because of how families were almost told to feel. Mm. And that brought it home for me. And there's a there's a history of shame in the LGBT culture, which, you know, we're in modern times that they're really trying to push and change. But there are still things that I look back on and that I felt shame about 
And although I wasn't that person in the 80s and I couldn't have been part of that culture, you still feel it now. So that's why I hit a personal tone. And it is affecting so much of the LGBT community, but also the non-LGBT community for understanding what was going on at that time and to yeah. see some beautiful stories on social media of parents talking to their children or their young adult children now or trying to get across their understanding of how they dealt with it in their own way at the time has been a real revelation in my mind of learning more and understanding more. And yeah, I've, I've just, I can't say it will take a lot if another TV program comes and takes this off of number one spot. And I'm saying that on February, what's going yeah. out on February the 2nd. I'm saying that a lot, you know, and I'm, I'm watching WandaVision as well, like you. But in my mind, it's a sin. It's up there for me for the beautiful storytelling, for touching a place in my heart and bringing to life these five amazing young actors who I hope will go very far. Yeah, I would absolutely agree with you on all of that. I think I said last week, I think it's the best thing that Russell T. Davis has ever written. It's a spectacular piece of writing. The casting is phenomenal. The old Older actors, yes, they're great, but those five young, relative unknowns. I mean, Ollie Alexander has name recognition, but not so much as an actor, as a singer. Mm. Uh, Lydia West was in years and years, but, uh, you know, those are the only things she's really been in that were sort of major roles, I believe. And the others were relative unknowns. So given that little group just spectacularly work well together, it's incredible performances from all of them. Mm. Historically, very interesting just to watch through it and how it was handled generally. But the stuff inside the families, Keely Hawes, you mentioned, particularly the final episode when she's in the hospital and she's suddenly discovered that Richie, he's dying from this illness, which she didn't even realise he was gay or the fact that he had this illness in the first place. Just her tearing through that hospital and the range of emotions which flips from her being angry to upset to not understanding to wanting to hit somebody to it's incredible how you can see every single tiny emotion just bubbling uh, mm. and something pops out and then it kind of slots back in again and then she's having a sort of slightly more calm discussion and then you know she's attacking her husband and then it's just a phenomenal performance and then that final meeting between her and Jill yeah oh god when she says he died yesterday that was the bit that really got me your stomach just drops and she's there saying I didn't handle this well I realise that now but and I'm still so glad she didn't get redemption that's some yeah. mistake some dramas do and they sort of redeem her and you could have had Jill hug her and say it's fine but oh yeah. you know that was such a good decision by Russell T Davis. yeah it was really the right way to play it because it would have been wrong of, of Jill to let her off the hook for that that was a superb performance I loved the opening episode as well with Neil Patrick Harris and his yeah. character, the way it wanders through the ages of things move forward slightly and how people are dealing with it as various different stages. There's this disease spreads and grows. There's an interesting moment as well with Richie, Ollie Alexander's character, where he sat in bed and going, I killed people mm. as well. Yeah, which absolutely. was an 
interesting thing to put in because yeah there were people out there that did do that you know that were so in denial about this illness that they were just carrying on as if they didn't have it there's a lot of characters in this that nobody is kind of held up as being absolutely perfect you know obviously there's the mother who you can see why she's struggling dealing with it but you know handles it in all the wrong ways with the exception possibly of Jill but even then there were moments when Jill is dealing when the virus is first identified with Glenn yeah with Glenn and and she's kind of going home and scrubbing her hands kind of handling everything with gloves and I mean that was the other moment early on as well when you saw people die and they just take everything and just burn everything (laughs) I feel like wow there are so many moments in that show that are, are just really bring to focus what happens when you don't give people information the conspiracy theory things which I mean it's bizarre how well this fits because this was obviously all written prior to us actually having a pandemic right now Mm. and a lot of the stuff that Richie was coming out with talking about the conspiracy theories and the denialism and stuff is very much the sort of things that you hear about COVID these days Mm. but this was obviously written and filmed before that Mm. so it's interesting watching it through those eyes as well this is definitely one of Russell T Davis's best pieces of work and I know a lot of people are talking about someone who's come out in the recent years with something like Years and Years which was a fantastic piece of work which really played on negativity around the media and what the world could become like he again goes to a slightly different subject matter and brings out just another beautiful portrayal and a lot of people are saying oh is there going to be a second series like they do with things like this and I am I'm here saying please do not do a second series keep it in the memory of what it is and keep it there keep it that is perfection in five episodes yeah if you're going to do something else that that moves us on then let's move on let's continue educating but let's move on in a different way in a different style I would hate to dilute the power of those five episodes any further by you know wouldn't have the same impact in my mind than these five episodes would have with those characters and follows those characters there's part of me that, that would absolutely cringe if they did like a you know 20 years later and we meet Jill growing I, I, no mm. no 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 let's just focus on the power of that message that he did over those five date points across that time I just think that would be ideal so I would say please Russell just say this is it for it's a sin it is an entirety like some of the fa- most fantastic TV programs we've had in the last 20 years that do their one series and go you know what one yeah. is enough like Watchmen one is enough you yeah. know we, we're not going to dilute it any further we've told our message we want it to stay like that it's something that Russell does very well when he takes a particular idea and builds a narrative around focusing on one particular thing mm-hmm. You know, as you say, with something like Years and Years, It's a Sin, does it? He did a a show which was brilliant as well, actually, a number of years ago called The Second Coming, which was based around the idea of the return of Christ in modern day with Christopher Christopher Eccleston was the main star of that. Yes, it was Leslie Sharp as well. Leslie Sharp, yeah. Fantastic, yeah. That was absolutely superb as well. And, you know, focusing obviously on religion and people's reactions to the idea idea that the son of god turns up again um Mm. and he's a phenomenal little mini series and when he does those little things which are like two five episodes he's on fire with a lot of that stuff but this one is just phenomenal Mm. um completely there with you this certainly
certainly is going to take some beating for best limited series of the year I think mm-hmm. a phenomenal piece of work and thank you so much for having me on this week to talk about it I know I reached out to you in the week to say I would and you know and any yeah. Geek Town listeners out there if you want to talk about this more or any of those subjects do hit home just reach out to me go onto my Twitter and uh, absolutely I'm, I'm here to sort of talk about it as well so yeah, yeah thank you for, for talking about that I really wanted to talk about it with somebody that had watched it and uh, you know I know you had a very deep reaction to it and I'm not as connected to the subject matter maybe as maybe you are but it's still an absolutely phenomenal piece of work just having lived through that period of time it's really interesting seeing it you know and seeing it from that point of view as well just phenomenal It's a Sin is all available to stream on all four right now and if you haven't seen it go and watch it it is a phenomenal phenomenal piece of TV so outside of that uh, <laughs> back to what you watching Dave <laughs> uh, yes uh, back to the stuff I'm watching uh, WandaVision which you did sort of briefly mention in there we finally got some answers in the uh, in the what, fourth episode which is great and you know we're coming up to the sort of halfway point I really really like what they did with the episode this week yeah. I thought that was that was really good uh, you know you got to see things from the outside and what had been going on you're getting sort of a bit more of an idea of what the situation is and uh, how things piece together so there's a lot of talk of people just wanting them to do a tv show which is just a sort of weird cases with jimmy woo <laughs> and the <laughs> fbi so agents <laughs> it would be brilliant uh jimmy jimmy woo, uh, randall park is amazing yeah. in that role and uh yeah he's, he was the parole officer from ant man uh yeah. if you want to try and place which movie you saw him before he's but, also one of the few that has that um dc marvel crossover i think i read somewhere there's very few actors who have ongoing characters across dc and wandavision because he was also in aquaman and yes. there's a chance that he can come back if aquaman comes onto a second film so yeah. they were like saying very few actors have got that and and he's one of them yes yeah i would love though the idea of him doing a series which is almost a bit like a kind of men in black thing where there's lots of weirdness going on around him, but it kind of washes over him, you know? Yeah. That would be really good. Uh, and you could keep Darcy in there as well, because, I mean, Kat Dennings Kat Dennings, is yeah. brilliant in that role. And uh, she's always really, really funny. Just wonderful as the astrophysicist. And I would like to see, you know, maybe a little team of them, maybe Monica and Jimmy and Darcy all together would be really quite a good little team. You could create a great little TV show of that, and it could be quite fun. A sword TV show with those guys, I would love. Yeah. That That would be great. I hope it keeps getting better. One of my friends was like, oh, I just wish episode four was episode one. It would have made a lot more sense. And I was like, that would have just been too boring for us mm. Marvel fans. We want that intrigue. We want those questions. We want to be able to piece things together. Leave it as it is. <laughs> yes. Yeah, no, totally. I think, it, you know, I, I said, uh, I think last week, I hope they don't drag this out with the weirdness and you not finding out answers until the last couple of episodes. And they didn't you know the the mm. literally the next episode along actually gave you some answers which is great so yeah. um i'm loving wandavision i think they're doing a wonderful job with it i yes it was a little bit annoying in those first few episodes that you weren't finding things out but now this episode dropped i i can see it really start steaming along so really looking forward to the rest of that 
I'm still working my way through Vikings midway through season five, I think, right now. So uh, I'm enjoying that. Uh, my watching has slightly slowed down because of everything else that's been on because there's a load of new things. Uh, I've seen the first couple of episodes of Batwoman, which I'm not going to talk about. The reason I've seen that is because I have access to a press portal from DC. So I know it's not on British TV at the moment. I just was curious to see how the new character, Ryan, is working out. And I think they handle it pretty well, you know, because obviously they lost their lead with Ruby Rose deciding to leave the show. Uh, Mm. I think the transition actually works pretty well. I'm really interested to see where they take it for the second season, moving it forward. It's it's good. I'm enjoying it. I think it's actually working pretty solidly. So uh, from what I've seen in the opening couple of episodes. So uh, I'd be interested to watch a bit more of that, but I'm not going to talk too much about that because, you know, obviously it's not aired over here. Resident Alien, I watched, which is the Alan Tudyk show. It's Alan Tudyk being wonderfully strange in most of it. It's basically there's a there's an alien crash lands on Earth, finds himself in this little town in the middle of nowhere. He plans would never to actually stop on Earth. He was actually flying over and was supposed to deliver a in quotes package onto Earth and fly off again. And then he's he gets hit by a storm. His craft crashes, so he finds himself stuck in this little town. He ends up becoming the town doctor not really entirely understanding the human culture because he's never really kind of been he had no intention of ever interacting with humans if he could help it he was staying in a cabin miles away i've only seen the opening episode of it at the moment but i would watch alan tudyk paint walls so (laughs) you know he's hilariously funny and uh, really enjoyable it's the perfect sort of vehicle for him and i'm really looking forward to watching some more of that so that was great so the first couple of episodes of dead pixels which is a wonderful fun show as uh, somebody who is a gamer and who has spent many 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 hours messing around on those sort of big MMORPG games I understand a lot of what they're talking about in this and the obsessions with kind of grinding things up and got an interesting new change with the second season in that the game has been altered and has somewhat been like kiddified by adding things like Fortnite hats and loot boxes and that sort of stuff so there's a lots of kind of things that they really don't agree with and it's sort of wrecked their beloved game that's been quite fun to watch and i'm really enjoying that there are a couple of interviews up on the website for the uh, cast of that and snowpiercer came back for its second season again really solid opening episode you get to see sean bean finally as the <laughs> uh, the fabled creator of snowpiercer we heard his voice a couple of times they've been setting that up since series one but we actually get to see him now which is good we'll see whether he survives until the end of the season because with it Sean Bean's involved that's never a guarantee (laughs) is this going to be a long series for Sean (laughs) so uh, I don't know I honestly don't know whether he's going to survive after this entire season because he has been basically set up as the big bad for this season we'll see what happens but again solid return for that it's one of those things that's taken it beyond the original source material but done a very good job of taking it on beyond the original source they made changes that allowed them to move it forward I'm all for that. I think if you can do that well and there is enough legs to it, then I think what they did with it at the end of season one and the start of season two, I think they're doing a really interesting job. Very much enjoying that. And that's on Netflix if you want to go and catch that. That's all the stuff we've been doing this week. Let's move on to some TV and film news. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, 
relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. We kick off the TV and film news with renewals, cancellations and pickups. We start off with some cancellations. Trickster, which ran on Sci-Fi UK, it's a Canadian series, cancelled after one season, not because of bad numbers, which is usually the reason things get cancelled after one season. The show has an Indigenous Canadian character as the lead and is sort of a major part of the show. The creator, Michelle Latimer, had claimed Indigenous Canadian heritage and it turns out she isn't. And that rather threw a cat among the pigeons for the production staff and led to a number of people that were working on the show leaving, who were Indigenous Canadians, leaving the series. It's not entirely clear whether that was sort of intentional. It sounds like it was something she'd been told by her grandfather and she'd always run with it without either actually properly checking. And when they did actually properly check, it seems to not be true. So, yeah. Yeah, it caused a few ructions in the production and it was originally renewed for a second season, but they've now opted not to move forward with it because of all the controversy surrounding it, which is unfortunate, but I can kind of understand why. Shrill, which is a comedy from Hulu, which has been airing on BBC Three over here. The first two seasons are out. They're saying it's going to end after its third season, so that won't be back. And On My Block, which is a Netflix series, that has been renewed for a fourth but final season as well. Over on the renewals side, Blacklist renewed for season nine, which is incredibly early renewal for that. That's also returning very soon in the UK as well, which is never usually back this early. So, uh, of course, I think part of that is because it's an NBC show and we are starting to get some of the NBC stuff a lot earlier than we would have previously because of their connection to Comcast and the fact that Comcast now owns Sky. So I think that's shifted things up a little bit. That's been renewed for a ninth season, which I'm quite happy about because I I do enjoy that show. Although I am wondering when they're going to stop it because there is only so far you can kind of take that story, surely. But uh, yeah, they've kept it going. So uh, season nine of that. Too Hot to which is an American dating show. It's produced by Fremantle. The concept of the show is that the contestants aren't allowed any sexual contact for the four weeks that they're together. Oh, I do remember hearing that, yeah. Yes, so that's that's <laughs> the uh, that's the sort of idea behind it, but they've apparently renewed it for two more seasons, that one. So, I mean, if you're into that sort of thing, then it's there. Uh, Lupin, which is the French drama which has been airing on Netflix internationally is going to return for part two. I think that's five more episodes. That's returning in summer 2021, so summer later this year. Estimated to have been seen by 70 million households since its launch earlier this month. I'm so, getting so lost with these who keep breaking the records because this week, did we learn it was Bridgerton has just taken yeah. over from Queen's Gambit or something like that has been? Yeah. <laughs> the next month, another series sort of gets a new record and... 
it's crazy. They've just ridiculous, ridiculous numbers that some of these shows are, are landing. But, but I mean, for that's got to be their largest foreign language drama because I mean, seventy million households for a French language drama is quite incredible. So I haven't actually watched any of it yet. It does look quite good. It's the idea of of a guy who takes inspiration from a historical kind of thief and master of disguise to take revenge on some people that wronged him. It looks like it's quite good. So I will go and try and watch a few episodes of that and see what it's like. But uh, yeah, it seems to have gone down incredibly well. On to pickups. All five seasons of Bates Motel are coming to BBC iPlayer. I don't know, have you watched any yeah, of that? Yeah, watched I- them all. Yeah. Um, so- oh, really good, really good. I mean, now it's coming to iPlayer, I'd be tempted to watch them again. Just so, like Vera Farmiga is brilliant in it. Like mm. if anyone knows Vera Farmiga, she plays the mother. Um, right. And it's, it's a modernized version of Psycho. So they yeah. take it to the modern day um, and they have the actor who's currently in The Good Doctor. Uh, Freddie Highmore. Freddie Highmore plays Norman and his mum is played by Vera Farmiga. There's some great other cast members that pop up across the series as different characters. It's very dark. Go watch it if, if you are into those sort of things, like a bit of like, it does it really well. Plays honour to Alfred Hitchcock really well um, and I enjoyed it. Yeah, I didn't see it when it was out originally because it has previously aired in the UK. I like the fact that BBC are picking up these older box sets and just putting them out there onto iPlayer. I think it's a really smart strategy by them yeah, just to pick definitely. up things that, that gets them to a wider audience and gets them out there for free. I mean, you know, because a lot of this stuff has already been on Sky. So it's going to be relatively cheap for them to pick this sort of stuff up. And, uh, you know, if it gets a younger audience using iPlayer a bit more, then great. And and that sort of seems to be the purpose of it. They're picking up nice, interesting dramas, which if they've aired somewhere before, and some of them have been originals as well, you know, they have picked up a few things which haven't aired anywhere else. I don't think there's anything wrong with them picking up a few imports and, you know, interesting stuff like this to bring onto it. I think that's great. Wanted to just mention the uh, Snyder Cut of the Justice League. You may have been hearing dates floating around of the uh, March 18th, which is when it's landing in the US and some other selected territories that have HBO and HBO Max. Not in the UK at the moment. It doesn't appear that Sky, at least right now, have it either, which I would have thought would be the most obvious place to pick it up because they run all the other HBO stuff and they've they've mainly been the people running the HBO Max series. It's going to be released as four individual kind of episodes. So it's sort of been, I don't know whether they're releasing them together, but it's going to be releasing four parts basically. So it Mm. may be a, it's essentially a four-part movie is what they've done with it. Interestingly, there is a service called Wonderland at Home. It's like a, a sort of meal box service, but they're doing a DC-themed meal box. You know, Big Belly Burgers, which are the sort of burger for the DC. It's like their version of McDonald's or Burger King or whatever. They're doing like a Big Belly Burger box that you can buy it and then like put it together, you know, cook it at home. It's one of those sort of things. I think they've got a DC-themed restaurant over opening in London. They announced as part of this in the initial announcement, they did say that that mailbox thing is coming in April, May and the UK are getting the mailbox and that's supposed to be so you can order the mailbox, cook it and have a sort of Justice League theme night which suggests that it is going to be released somewhere in the UK if they're doing that in April and May. I would hope that there is a UK release date incoming we just haven't been told what it is yet. It'll just be so late, we're going to be very frustrated by the US on social media. (laughs) Yeah, I I hope 
that what they're probably going to do is maybe they're going to release it to buy on all the platforms, which is what they've done with some movies previously. So they might release it so you can get it to buy on Sky and Amazon and Apple and everywhere else. They may do it that way. So it'll cost you like 20 quid and you can buy the thing and that'll be it. I hope that's what they're probably doing. If somebody's not going to get it as part of the package, I mean, it may go directly to somebody like you know Netflix. It may go directly to somebody like Animals them it may eventually come onto sky or they may just release it and sell it like they would do if they're releasing a movie at home we'll have to see but i do hope that if they are doing that they announce it before march 18th and release it on march 18th because otherwise that's going to get pirated to death and it'll be nobody's fault but warner brothers you yeah. know in this day and age with a movie that big with a movie that's mo- that anticipated you cannot mess around with doing staggered releases across the world you can't do it because people will just go and find it somewhere else yeah. um if it gets pirated warner brothers it's entirely your fault so <laughs> <laughs> you've been told <laughs> yeah the other thing that is arriving on disney plus they haven't got an announcement for the mighty ducks game changers which is coming on the 26th of march that is arriving on disney plus which is a sort of follow-on to the mighty ducks franchise movies stars lauren graham as a mother of the boy who is in the mighty Ducks team, but the Mighty Ducks are, are now this decent, well-regarded professional team, and her son gets cut because he's not good enough, and uh, she forms her own kind of scrappy team with the help of the original Mighty Ducks manager, played by Emilio Estevez, and uh, they go up against the Mighty Ducks. So the Mighty Ducks are the kind of big bad of it, and there is a new sort of underdog team that is the team that you're following. I'm quite looking forward to that. I think that could be quite fun particularly if you're a fan of the mighty ducks movie franchise speaking of disney plus they have also announced a full reveal of their lineup for the star service which is this new mature brand that they're adding onto it so exciting which is is adding stuff on from the 23rd of february is when that's launching and we're not going to go through the whole list it's on the website if you want to go and find it there are tons and tons of shows of box sets of other stuff that they are adding on there What they have said is that Big Sky, which is the big ABC hit show, that is going to be on there. The follow-up to Love, Simon, Love, Victor, that is going to be on there. And the Marvel one-season TV show, Hellstrom, is going to be on there as well. They'd announced those previously. They've also added Solar Opposites, which is an animated series centers around a family of aliens and their child replicants from the planet Schlorp, who have crashed on earth and must take refuge in middle america they disagree on whether this is awful or awesome um, <laughs> it sounds like it could be quite fun and quite silly that uh, but that's a hulu series and that is also that's an adult animated series which is why it's on the star brand and not on the main disney plus brand it basically does sound like anything new that gets released on hulu that is not like an import that is owned and made for and by hulu will get released directly onto star internationally by the sounds of it moving forward so it is going to be worth getting moving up there are a couple of other things which are uk premieres which are coming on the fosters which is the original series that the bbc iplayer show good trouble was spun out of the fosters is finally airing on star in the uk and that'll be all five seasons of the original show so if you're a fan of good trouble then you can now go watch the original thing that was what spawned it and that will be on star 
start from the 23rd of February. A couple of more shows, which I need to say thanks to Dave B in the comments that spotted these because they are technically premieres as well. Raising Hope, which was a show that was on Sky One, but was dropped after two seasons, will now be on Star with all four seasons of it. Uh, it's a comedy from the makers of My Name is Earl and charts the chaos and unexpected arrival brings into an already flawed household. That's Raising Hope, and that's going to have all four seasons. So the first two seasons have aired in the UK, but the second two seasons will now be on Star for the first time. And Terriers, which was a drama that there was a lot of talk about, but only kind of lasted one season. It aired on FX 10 years ago, and he's premiering for the first time now on Star. Follows an ex-cop and recovering alcoholic, played by Donald Logue, who you all know was um, Bullock from Gotham, who partners with his best friend and former criminal, played by Michael Raymond James, who you'll probably know from Once Upon a Time, and also popped up in Prodigal Son as well. And they set up an unlicensed private investigative business together. That looked like it could be quite good. And I know there was a lot of people lamenting the fact that that got canned after one season. So um, if you want to check that out, that's called Terriers, and that will be on there from launch as well. There are also over 250 movies landing on there, which a whole range of stuff from sort of X-Files and there's a whole bunch of other things on there. It's incredible. Uh, one thing that I did realise, this is my little own investigating, the day before this got announced, like all these programmes, I went onto Amazon to continue watching an old season of Cougar Town, which I've been watching slowly, and it had gone. I was like, oh, that's frustrating. And then I looked and loads of Amazon stuff got wiped out on the 18th. It all had to leave Amazon. And yeah. then I realised the next day, all that, I saw half of them in the star, in the big star logo that released. And yeah. I was just like, that now makes sense why they all had to leave on a certain date. Yes. So uh, some people were asking about things like Grey's Anatomy, which apparently is still on, on Amazon. I would think that it's quite possible that some of that sort of stuff might get moved across because first 15 seasons of Grey's Anatomy is going to be on Star. It sounds like Sky at least for the moment, are, are still going to be premiering it. It's mm. similar to what they do with The Simpsons by the sounds of it. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, there are a couple of seasons behind on Disney Plus with The Simpsons, but Sky premiere it. It sounds like similar gonna, thing going to be happening with Greys. Blackish is another one as well, where season six and seven aren't on Star at the moment. So that may mean that E4 have bought season six and just haven't aired it yet. Or maybe they'll come on in due course. So we don't know quite yet. Couple of interesting things that weren't on there. The Orville wasn't on there, which I was quite surprised by, because that's like a Fox and a Hulu show, which is entirely owned or made for Disney. So I was quite surprised that wasn't on there. Legion wasn't on there, the, the Marvel series. 911 Lone Star wasn't on there, whereas 911 seasons one and two were. Although, again, I think that may have something to do with the deal that Sky has. It may be that there there is a sort of grace period between it airing on Sky and them being able to put it on star so i suspect lone star will come on at some point in the future if you didn't catch it on sky or don't have sky but yeah orville and legion which aren't streaming anywhere as far as i can tell i was surprised that those two weren't in the list 
And mm. I would assume that when the new season of The Orville comes out, that will go on there or they'll air it on Fox UK because we're not entirely sure how this is going to tally up with Fox UK with some of these shows. So Yeah, we're still waiting for season three of The Orville, aren't we? I, I'm surprised it's not been dropped. Like the Fox have all had these old commissions. So therefore it maybe suggests that it might be released by Star, but a bit later, like staggered or... I mean... Yeah, well, I mean, the, the problem with The Orville has been the shooting because of the pandemic. It was slightly delayed because it was dropped by Fox and moved over onto Hulu when Disney bought it because it takes a while to film it anyway. They couldn't get it into the autumn schedule. So what Disney said was, okay, well, we'll take it and we'll put it onto Hulu instead. It was always going to be a little bit later. And then the pandemic hit, which completely derailed everything. And they have been having problems because, you know, there's a lot of makeup and stuff on that show. So there's a lot of people in close contact. They've been having issues trying to get it filming again they were hopefully going to start filming again so it, it has been quite majorly delayed that third season it is supposed to be still coming and it's supposed to be going out on Hulu but uh, yeah it's odd I don't know whether it's a licensing thing or whether Seth MacFarlane has some sort of control over it internationally maybe I, I, I honestly don't know but I thought that was weird that that wasn't in there mm. hopefully they'll get add on in the future in terms of the pricing one of the interesting things that was an addition to the pricing because the price is going up from the 23rd of February it will be 79.90 as opposed to 59.99 which is what it was previously so it's going up by 20 quid which is a fairly substantial leap yearly or £2 a month uh, 5.99 to 7.99 if you pay for it monthly however if you already have a Disney subscription they will be honouring the renewal price for six months up until the 22nd of August so basically means if you bought Disney Plus when it first dropped in the UK you will get your renewal at $59.99 or uh, you will continue to it at five ninety nine if you've been paying monthly. But it means you can get the year renewal for $59.99, which would be the way I would suggest you do it. That's good because they hadn't announced that until the, they announced all this stuff this week. It means that you'll get the second year for the same price as the first, which is great. Moving across from Disney to DC, there's been quite a lot of casting announcements this week. Uh, the Sandman, which is the Neil Gaiman TV show, that has had a bunch of casting announced for it. Do you know the Sandman comic books? I know there were... Um, I do not, but I did see all these came up on my social media. So I, I must have just picked up on my trends and I saw all the pictures and it made me want to go and read a little bit more before it does come over here because, you know, some of the stars that are coming into it, I love I love them. So Yeah, Sandman is very, very famous and well-respected comic book. It's made by DC. It's not really connected to any of the other super hero stuff particularly occasionally the characters pop up but it's not really part of that same universe it's very much its own sort of thing it's described as a rich blend of modern myth and dark fantasy in which contemporary fiction and historical drama and legend are seamlessly interwoven the series follows the people and places that are affected by morpheus the dream king as he mends the cosmic and human mistakes he made during his vast existence david that doesn't really make it much clearer either but uh, it's basically the lead character is morpheus He's, he's the, the king of dreams or lord of dreaming, he's described. Uh, he's actually known as Dream more than anything else. Uh, but yeah, Dream, Morpheus, lord of dreaming, the dream king, pretty much all these names. He's one of these people a bit like Satan that has a million different types 
some names. They've cast Tom Sturridge in the lead role as that Tony Award-winning actor. He's been in things like uh, Bittersweet, Velvet Buzzsaw, Hollow Crown, The Boat That Rocked are probably the things that he's best known for. I, it's one of those faces that I'm sure I will know when I see, but I can't really picture it having seen him in anything. No, I, I, I saw the picture. It sounded like maybe he'd been in lots of other things, but I don't think I've watched any of those, to be honest. No, I think I've seen no. The Boat That Rocked, but I don't think I've seen any of the others. Gwendolyn Christie is playing Lucifer. Now, technically, the same version of Lucifer that is in the TV show, Lucifer. That's where the same character comes from, but these are going to be wildly different. Uh, So (laughs) Gwendolyn Christie is playing this version of Lucifer, obviously the ruler of hell, probably best known as being Brienne of Tarth in Game of Thrones and playing Captain Phasma in the Star Wars movies. I think that's a really interesting choice for Lucifer. That would be a role that I think I can see her doing quite well, I would have thought. She's very good. I love that. I saw that. That was the first picture that I saw. And right. I, was like, I really like what she's she's done. I think she's she's going to be really really good. Vivian Chimpong, I think is how you pronounce her name, is uh, playing Lucian, chief librarian and trusted guardian of Dream's realm. She's from things like Famalan, and she's also popped up in episodes of Death in Paradise, Doctors, Holby City. Pretty much sort of the most things that jobbing British actors end up popping up in. <laughs> uh, Boyd Holbrook is playing the Corinthian, an escaped nightmare who wishes to taste all that the world has in store you'll know Boyd from Narcos he also was in the uh, Quibi series The Fugitive as well he's appeared in things like Logan and Gone Girl and The Predator in terms of movies and stuff but he's a great actor so I'm glad he's in there Charles Dance is playing Roderick Burgess a charlatan blackmailer and magician obviously everybody I think knows who Charles Dance is but of course (laughs) Tywin Lannister from Game of Thrones most recently I think and Asin Chowdhury is set to play Abel and and Sanjeev Bhaskar is set to play Kane. You will know those as the first victim and the first predator residence and loyal subject in Dream's realm. Asim Chowdhury, probably best known for people just do nothing. And Sanjeev Bhaskar, Kumar's Gracious Gracious Me, Sandy Lands, Unforgotten, a whole bunch of other things as well. Yeah, great bit of casting, I think, in this really interesting cast they've got set up for that, mm-hmm. I think. The series obviously is based on the Sandman comic books. Uh, Gaiman is exec producer and co-writer on it David S. Goyer who did things like Batman Begins uh, Dark Knight the new Foundation series is uh, co-writing as well and uh, is showrunner on it so um, they're a solid team and you know people that know what they're doing obviously I mean it's Gaiman's property and Goyer has oodles of experience dealing with DC properties so there's solid people behind it I'm very interested in that series I think it's going to be fascinating on to more casting and more DC stuff Titans season three has added another character they've oh, added a, another Robin Jay Lecurgo has been cast as Tim Drake uh, probably best known from being in I May Destroy You you saw I May Destroy You do you remember who he is because I don't know whether he's a big character or a small character or what he's, he's not a character that I remember um, I, will, I will look it up now though but my general opinion on this is they took so long to embed the multiple characters they introduced into season two yeah now we're going to have to go through that again and embed more new characters. I mean, this is yeah. a Robin. He's going to have a lot to embed. So, yeah. um, no, uh, he's not a that character I remember 
from I May Destroy You. He doesn't look too familiar either. So I think this is his main, fairly, first major role. Yeah. He has popped up in Doctors as well because, you know, he's British. And he's they, British. It's, it's, a, it's a rule when you're a British actor that you <laughs> have to pop up in. is the modern day Bill, isn't it? Yeah. The bill. yeah. Do- Doctors, EastEnders, Holby City, you pop up in one of those. Yeah. Um, if you know the character of Tim Drake, they've slightly altered the background for the TV show. He's described as a streetwise kid who's managed to grow up on the toughest streets without losing his indelible belief in heroism. He's an easygoing demeanor. He's backed up by a near genius mind, natural detective with a perception and details far beyond his years, which is very much like the comic book character. The kind of streetwise kid background thing is somewhat different. He isn't a tough street kid in the comic books. He's somebody who's been following Batman and Robin for many years. He figures out who Nightwing is and Nightwing was Dick Grayson. He figures out who Batman is and tries to convince, you know, Batman appears to be in trouble and he tries to convince Dick to go and help Batman as Robin because he's convinced that Batman needs that sidekick, that Robin sidekick, and Dick refuses to go back into the Robin costume. Understandably, I think. This will be the third Robin on the show, of course, because <laughs> we've had, I mean, they've introduced them all fairly quickly because Karen Walters, who played Jason Todd, which was Robin number two, who is still in it, but he's going to be Red Hood. They'd already announced that. They're switching from him being Robin to him being his Red Hood persona after the events of season two. Dick, who is, of course, now Nightwing, and now you're going to have Jay, who is going to be playing Tim Drake, who I have to say is my favourite of the Robin characters. I'm just not entirely convinced that this was totally necessary at this point. We've also got Barbara Gordon joining this uh, (laughs) season as well, who is taking over as Gotham's police commissioner, still has a past relationship with Dick, which is the same as the comic books. She has been police commissioner in the comic books previously as well, so there is some sort of connection there. And we're also going to have a yet-to-be-cast Jonathan Crane, a.k.a. Scarecrow in this as well, which he offers his services as profiler and consultant for JCPD, which somewhat sounds like the role that Riddler had in the Gotham TV series. Plus, you've got all the returning characters, Raven, Wonder Girl, uh, Superboy, Hawk and Dove, Beast Boy, you know. It's more like an episode of EastEnders, the number of characters they've got. Yeah, it is ridiculous. It is getting slightly ludicrous. Oh, you've also got um, Starfire's sister, Blackfire, in there as well he's coming back she's going to be the villain so the amount of characters is getting slightly ludicrous at this point and we already were saying oh god I hope they don't add more because there's too many characters and it was a mess that second season I don't know maybe being in Gotham will ground them a bit more maybe they'll chop some of the characters out Uh, I mean I think you could remove Hawk and Dove out of that and not bring them back in quite easily and it would still work perfectly well hasn't Hawk got another job hasn't Alan Richardson he's got I'm sure we've talked about it yes he's got um, another job Alan Richardson is Jack Reacher for Amazon. That's his go. new job. So it's quite possible that, I mean, it's been listed that Hawk and Dove are going to be in it, but it's quite possible they won't be. So that would cut down a couple of characters, which would be useful. There's a lot of people in this. We'll have to see whether this is necessary or not. As I say, I like Tim Drake as Robin. I love Red Hood as well as a character. I think Red Hood's fantastic, but I like him as Red Hood um, rather than Jason Todd as Robin. I love Tim Drake as a, as Robin but I just don't know whether this is necessary at this point. You're almost at a stage where you could have a Titan series and a Teen Titan series. You could have like a second series which is focused on the younger members and a series which is focused on the older members. Yeah. If you see what yeah. I mean. It's just too much. I'm really worried that I won't get into this one. <laughs> 
We'll see. We'll see where it goes. And lastly, they have announced something which I'm massively looking forward to, and I really hope this goes to series, a Buck Rogers TV reboot, which is it's been screaming that it's the sort of thing that I'm surprised nobody's tried yet. It's in the works from George Clooney and Brian K. Vaughan, which I think are two great people to have involved backing it. Clooney, alongside his uh, co-founder of his production company, Smokehouse, are going to be the production company behind it. The person writing it is Brian K. Vaughan. If you're not aware of Buck Rogers, because you're not old enough, original <laughs> series, it was created by Battlestar Galactica's Glenn A. Larson. It ran from 79 to 81, starred Gil Gerard in the title role. The story follows Captain William Anthony Buck Rogers, who is a pilot who accidentally is frozen in time for 500 years when the life support on his spacecraft malfunctions. When he wakes up, he finds himself in a world that's been rebuilt following new killer war and he's now under the protection of something called the earth defense directorate as he has no personal connections or records he finds that his position and unique ancient skill set and way of looking at things places him perfectly to help out the earth defense with covert missions and undercover ops he has help in these endeavors by colonel wilma deering who was his on-off love interest and a little robot sidekick called twicky who was actually voiced by bugs bunny's mel blank I'd probably best remembered for having this unique noise, which was biddy, biddy, biddy. Um, the, it's, it was such a wonderfully fun series. I really, really enjoyed it. It was written as a novella by a guy called Philip Francis Nolan. It was first published in Amazing Stories and very much has that sort of classic, old school kind of Amazing Stories sci-fi feel to it. It was a film series back in the 1930s, 40s, and then the TV series as well. And it was a comic strip and all sorts of other things. No cast or anything like that for it at the moment. There were rumours originally that Clooney might take the title role, which I thought was a bit odd given that it's a series and, and this could be an ongoing series and I didn't think that would be the sort of thing that Clooney would agree to. But it sounds like his agent has come out since and said, no, he's only attached as producer right now. Although that doesn't mean he won't pop up in it at some point. The script is coming from Brian K. Vaughan, who is a name that you might know because he's the person that wrote Why the Last Man, which is currently being made into a TV series for FX, Paper Girls, which is currently being made into a TV series for Amazon, Marvel's Runaways, which was adapted for Hulu. He also wrote the amazing and multi-award-winning comic book saga, which, if you've ever read that book, is probably unfilmable as a TV thing, but I would love to see somebody have a go at it because it's incredible. His TV writing credits, including things like Lost, he did many, many seasons of Lost. He also created the series Under the Dome, based on the Stephen King novel as well. He's a phenomenal, phenomenal writer, and this is perfect for him. He does this kind of weird, slightly off-the-wall, post-dystopian thing very, very, very well. So I'm really interested to see what he comes up with. It. Do you know the original Buck Rogers, or had this bypassed you by the uh, I'm, f- I'm just too young. I'm just too <laughs> sprightly and young. I thought you might be. Yeah, because I, I don't know whether it's actually got shown repeated that often either, which is a great shame because I have such fond memories of that show. And it was one of the first things I would have watched as sci-fi. I mean, like I say, 82, 83, it probably aired over here. So I would have been seven or eight at the time. Probably one of the earliest sci-fis I ever watched. And I just loved it. I thought it was just wonderfully funny and fun. So that is in the works at the moment. No channel attached or anything. Uh, it's in development. Might not go to series. But I mean, given the people that are involved with this, I think somebody will probably pick it up. But we'll have to wait and see. That will be one to 
look out for. We'll let you know if that goes any further. So that's all the news we've got for this week. Let's move on to some highlights for next week on TV. Highlights for next week. We have Private Eyes, which is returning for its fourth season on Sky Witness. Season one to three uh, originally ran on the Universal Channel. They are up on Sky and Air TV right now. Uh, That's coming on the 4th of February at 9pm for season four, which is the first time that's been shown in the UK. I haven't started watching any of this yet, but I'm told it's very much a sort of dramedy sort of in the vein of something like Castle and those sort of shows. If you want to go and watch that sort of thing, it it stars Jason Priestley. It looks like it, it could be quite good but i haven't actually tried watching it but people say it's very good zero 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 which we've talked about a few times it's from the producers of gamara it's a, a sort of international drugs drama it's based on the robert severo novel about this sort of, of drug trafficking trade it looks like it could be really interesting that's coming to sky atlantic on the 4th of february at 9 p.m as well those who kill coming to fox on the 4th of february at 10 p.m this was a another one of their big box one season shows starved uh, James Darcy who you'll probably know from Agent Carter and Chloe Savini she's a recently promoted homicide detective who tracks down a vicious serial killer and endless attempts to reveal the truth behind her brother's disappearance with the aid of the college professor which is James Darcy's character so yeah ran for one season but it's there if you want to go and watch it that's called Those Who Kill 4th February at 10 o'clock and uh, Rami which is the uh, comedy drama which follows first generation Egyptian American who's on his spiritual journey in his politically divided New Jersey neighbourhood. That's previously ran on Stars Play in the UK. That's coming to Channel 4 on the 5th of February at 11.05 in the evening because why would you premiere something early? And then we have The Disappearance, which is a, a Canadian miniseries that's coming to Five Star on the 6th of February at 9pm. While participating in a birthday treasure hunt, 10-year-old Anthony Sullivan suddenly disappears. The investigation that follows uncovers many secrets buried by his family long ago so that's only a mini series but if you like those sort of little crime dramas that could be one to watch and soulmates which is an interesting sounding new show coming to amazon prime on the 8th of february it's an anthology series set approximately 15 years in the future when a company has developed a test that can determine the person you were most meant to love with 100 percent accuracy it's got a bit sort of black mirror sounding to it that one and uh, i think it could be quite interesting with an anthology series called soulmates coming to amazon prime on the 8th of february and that's everything for this week we're starting to get things come back that's, that's a long episode today that's for, for all our it's a sin discussions yes <laughs> yeah if people do want to carry on those it's a sin discussions where can they find you please come over to twitter at gray the geek um and do uh, have a chat about uh, what's going on uh, absolutely we'll happily chat and share yes uh, gray with an a as well isn't it yeah. yes Yes, grey with an A. Grey with an A. For other people, you can, of course, go and find Bex over on twitch.tv at Trista Bytes. That's B-Y-T-E-S. Streaming daily, lots of fun, geeky chatter and all that sort of stuff. That's over on Twitch. Matt, you can find over on entertainmenttalk.org for lots and lots more podcasts going out daily over there. Daryl, you can now find at his new home over at hollywoodnorthnews.net for all those TV series that you love that are shot in Canada, which is basically every single 
superhero sci-fi series out air right now where he's covering all that sort of stuff over on halingwoodnorthnews.net go and find him on there and go and follow him online and for us you can go to geektown.co.uk throughout the week and see all the latest air date information if you want to get in touch with your questions or comments email us on podcast at geektown.co.uk leave a message on the website post find us at geektown on twitter on facebook at facebook.com forward slash geektown on youtube at youtube.com forward slash geektown and on instagram at geektown uk that is everything we shall see you next week bye 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 imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt now imagine them getting even softer over time that's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.